Welcome to the Thomas Playbook. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Season 3 of The Timers Playbook. Thank you so much for making it all the way to Season 3. this is your first time listening to this podcast, please refer back to Season 1 and Season 2. So basically, I started this podcast a couple of years ago when I got retrenched due to COVID-19. I had a bit of time on my hands and I decided let me just record my experiences and talk to other people that had been affected by COVID-19. Now, these people could have lost their jobs, family members, livelihoods, money's gone, cars, all that sort of stuff. And it quickly evolved then into talking to other fathers, as I'm a father of two young boys, five and three, and to see how they were surviving COVID-19, you know, so it's challenging enough to lose your income as a father. And then you have to deal with everything else that comes with it, whether it's emotionally, mentally, physically, and otherwise. So we started forming this little community, and now we're all the way to season three, and we keep continuing. Season three is going to start off with Youth Month. It is currently Youth Month in South Africa in June, and I decided then let me talk to young people as opposed to just focusing on fathers for this month, simply because the conversation around the country will be centered around young people. But also I do mentor young boys because I think it's important that as a father, as a man that are paid forward right and ensure that the next generation myself included become better people through interaction through talking and just basically try and have a different lens into how we're brought up and how can we just be better people man you know um because to be honest the boy child does get neglected and it's almost like they'll just sort it out on their own with no help and no guidance so myself and a few other guys mentor young boys and we, we just learn from each other man and just try to be better people and for the first episode i'm going to be chatting to a young man that i've known for a few years now his name is andile andile just recently dropped out of university so as you can imagine he is going through the most and we decided to just have a chat about it see how he's feeling and not just about the dropping out of school but just his general sense of south africa and the world and if he sees a future in the country and in education himself, because he is disgruntled about education, about where the country is, and hence he dropped out. So right now, he is in between things. He's taken a gap year, and I think it's a good place to start. He's 20 years old, and just have a chat and see where he's at, and that's what we're off to do. So, welcome to Season 3 of the Timers Playbook. Thank you so much for streaming. I appreciate every bit of support and every bit of data that you use to listen to us. We are in Soweto, which is best for me because this is where my entire family is. It's just easy to get to and we're just chilling outside and it reminds me of how it was when I was young, young tall. You just sit outside and blow and have a conversation and this is what we'll be doing. So you'll hear sounds, taxis moving past and people going up and down, which is I think is great ambience in here just for the podcast itself. And here is my chat with Uandile Shabalat. Welcome to the Thomas Playbook. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel honored that, you know, um, I was the person that you chose to, to have this interview with. So thank you for having me. Yeah. So Andile is one of the young people that I, I mentor. I actually just met you by chance, right? Um, yeah, by chance. It was random. Yeah. Came to your school and we clicked and it's been a few years now that we've known each other. Yeah. 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 So just... Give, the, give us a, a quick intro into who you are and where you are right now in your life. Okay, so as, as it's been mentioned, uh, my name is Andile Chawalala. Uh, right now I am taking a gap year. Uh, I was in UCT last year, but um, yeah, I experienced some, some difficulties. And today, um, yeah, I think I just realized that uh, it's okay to take a break, recenter myself and uh, restart again. So that's what I'm doing, uh, collecting myself um, during the course of this year. And then, yeah, I'll be back back in my studies next year. So, yeah, as of the moment, uh, just a guy. Um, <laughs> just a guy. <laughs> tell, me, tell me about this break. Um, why, why did you take a break? What, what, what do you mean? What happened in Cape Town? Okay, so the main problem is that um, I chose the wrong degree. Okay. Right? Um, I was studying something that I completely dreaded, man. Um, you know, obviously, university is not meant to be easy. If it was, then you're, 
you know it would be it would be joyous for every every one of us but yeah. um it's twice as hard if you are dealing with something that you 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 hate doing like there's no initiative there's no motivation that comes from deep inside that like i actually want to do this and i actually want to keep pushing so um that was the main difficulty that i experienced um with all the pressures with all the advice i was getting uh it was an issue of me choosing something that i i thought would make me money in the yeah. long run yeah i was doing it for the money doing it for you know um the success and what well, i thought perceived right yeah so let's let's do this then help me with that uh because this is a question i've been having constant constantly in the podcast right how young people have to make decisions for their lives mm. and the idea of studying itself why we need to study number one yeah is it important is it significant and how do we end up choosing what we choose mm. so why what did you actually end up choosing and what informed the idea that this could potentially make you money so um the advice i was getting is that go into finance you know go into finance you will make a lot of money so um what i wanted to do and what i wanted to study initially was law mm. but i was told you know there's no money in law don't do law you know told by um, whom everyone that i went to advice for you know uh, I didn't my tell sister you this. yeah i know you didn't tell me that <laughs> i know you didn't tell me that by home that's what they were telling me you know okay. my sister she's she's in risk management mm. um she works at fnp so she told me look bro i i know lawyers you know um lawyers are not making as much money as you think so rather go into finance um my my cousin is also in accounting told me the same thing like go for it go for finance go for the money you know what i'm saying and yeah um and i ended up doing it even though i hated maths in 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 school like maths was my lowest mark uh, really yeah yeah by the way what's the low for you because oh low is 60% <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> low for me because yeah. low for me was standard grade <laughs> that's what low means yeah no but like i got i got distinctions for everything ma- yeah, else yeah, yeah. but you could see with maths and physics like it was it was a battle for me to like even get and in those 60s and you still 60s. went into mm and i still despite that you know despite the fact that i hated accounting in school i just i was thinking in the long run thinking mm. i need to make money i need to but be but why successful. were you thinking that though because man um i think i've always had that pressure coming from where i come from uh you know um life hasn't always been easy so yeah of course i want to make money for myself for my family um and i want to be successful but i think recently i've had to like reevaluate that um because i think it's toxic yeah uh i'm putting a lot of pressure on myself and i won't blame my family for putting pressure on me as well because obviously they want the best for me and mm. um it's just that maybe i don't think they understand sometimes what he it's it's tough dealing with that pressure like yeah. at such a young age in face so like okay cool so i was saying our parents they they give us information based on what they have and what they know mm-hmm. and what they think is going to work now just out of curiosity though uh, as when i know you you were scholarship to to a yes, high school yes, 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 yes. was it a scholarship also to uct uh yeah it was, it was. and what happened to that uh so um because of my decision obviously to take a gap year and because of the fact that my, my marks were not great um they couldn't find me going forward that's part of the reason yeah. why i decided to take a gap year i didn't want to put any financial strain on my mother studying a degree that i'm not happy in so i decided you know what there's no rush okay Relax. so are there no repercussions for that so they don't no, want the money back no or? no 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 and you can't sh- is it, so was it a is it a financial institution so yeah you can't it is it is okay it is a financial institution but they're very understanding um hmm. um yeah even with my situation they were they were very understanding you know um hmm. but obviously they need results yeah that's that's one thing we can't run away from and yeah in 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 the position i was in I don't think I could have produced the results that they needed from me. Okay. 
So now, I mean, obviously, I don't want to call your school out specifically by name. Mm. I won't just yet. No, no. But we went to the same high school. Yeah, we did. Um, we did. And I was, uh, our paths were similar. I was also on, on um, I think mine was called a bursary. I still don't know what the difference is between a bursary and a scholarship. In any case, my marks were shit. But that's because um, I think I had other problems with the school generally. Mm. In any case, my challenge with these schools that I noticed with you guys there isn't enough time spent on the understanding of oneself and critical thinking so that when you actually get to a decision, it makes sense for you. Mm. Like you're saying now, you spent, I mean, that school right now, they sent me a quote to send my five, six-year-old kid to that school. They quoted me 80,000 rands, mm. right? Now, 80,000 rands, that's just for high school. I know you, it was 200,000 upwards, yeah, plus boarding and so forth. Yeah, and you get to matric, all that education hasn't helped you make a decision, the right decision for you. Not because there is no time spent on you. Do you feel the same about, about, about your education? Was something missing? Um, and is this something that we should incorporate in, in high schools? Absolutely, man. Um, absolutely. So even when I came into the school, when I came in grade eight, from the jump, my marks were horrible. That's because I didn't have time to adjust to the system that was mm. that was that I was in. Um, it was only in grade ten when I started finding myself and started to to think for myself and find ways to 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 study that made my marks better. And mm. yeah, so like that's me finding myself. I had to do that myself. I don't think the education system helps individuals, yeah. you know. Um, I think it's very collective thinking. It's like mob mentality, mm. especially as saints, you know, because they teach one way and they think that it works for everyone. Yeah. They, they teach a classroom. Yeah. They don't teach individuals. And I just feel that I chose my role models well, mm. as in my mentors, you yeah. know. That's why at least I was able to get some advice as to how I should approach making this decision for my future. Yeah. You know, at least you were there, you were present. Um, I've had some teachers who, who also tried. Unfortunately, yeah, ultimately, at the end of the day, I did choose wrong, but I can't say I didn't have other people that were giving me perspective. Yeah. So I think I was fortunate in that sense, but I can't say the same for a lot of my classmates. I think... There's a lot of people right now that are still in university right now that are studying something that they don't like, that they don't enjoy. Yeah. But it's just that mentality of keep pushing, man. I'm, I'm almost there. Two more years, mm. three more years. But then it ends up being the rest of your life. Yeah. Now, and the question is, where are you going? Exactly. Right? I mean, when, when you're doing all of this and you're saying keep... This is crazy because when I was in university, this is the same problem. Mm. It almost feels like we've regressed. No? Particularly, yes, you see what you're saying now? Exactly the same thing. Most of the people I went to school with did not want to study what they were studying. A lot of people dropped out. A lot of people did not finish. And I think I've told you this many times. Most people that I know are not even working in what they studied. Mm. So then which leads me to now start questioning and trying to understand, the, number one, the need of education or the type of education and what it actually does for you. you know? And it's not to knock it completely. Mm. There are places for it where it's important. There is fund foundational education that needs to be there. You know? But it needs to actually set you up for life, to be a functional human being. Yeah. Now, what do you make? Of, obviously, you don't have a full perspective of everything. But as a, you're what, 19 now? 20, yeah. 20. What do you make of our, of our education system in general terms? And is there anything that you think needs to be changed about it? So general as in not just my just private thoughts. school? Not just you know, from what you're seeing, from what you hear. Um, you know what I mean? Because so, now it's youth month. Like it, so mm. a lot of things are going to come up about education. You guys, towards the end of the year, it's about which uh, university to go to. January, February, everyone is clamoring, trying to get into UJ, trying to get into vets. So yeah. you see this all the time. Mm. You know, so what are your thoughts? 
my thoughts is that we just need we need to learn more than just what we learn in the classroom. Um, I think I touched on that a little bit as in saying that you know teachers teach the classroom but not individuals, and I think that's 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 where we are missing it, you know. And another thing that that came up with the with the bursary I was on, the company was very focused on entrepreneurship, mm. right? And I thought to myself, that's something I never learned in school, right? The the mentality we we get from school is that okay, I'm gonna finish high school, I'm gonna go to university, finish my degree, I'm gonna get a job, I'm gonna make a living, I'm gonna die. In that there's no plans for business. There's no plans to, to start something of our own. There's no plans to, to think for ourselves. You know? Um, we're just taught to work for someone for the rest of our lives, make a comfortable living and that's all that we But I taught. thought they would have. I I would have thought so too. I only you, you, they didn't teach you entrepreneurship business skills, um, financial literacy, education, you know? Not at I'm all. I'm not even going to get into the stuff about self-awareness and, and that I definitely know they don't. Of course not. For real? Yeah, they, they don't. I mean, I didn't study business at school, but I'm sure they did touch on that in business only. But it's not something that is taught to the rest of us. We're not taught how to how to think like that, how to think outside the box. That's why I, sh- I struggled with my application to this bursary because, you know, I didn't have any exposure to entrepreneurship. I didn't know how to think outside the box. So when they were like, you know, look in your community, look at, your, at the problems in your community and think of a business that could help uplift your community, I was like, What? I can't even think of anything, you know? And that's why I really struggled with that entire process and mm. I realized that's something that we were never taught in school. And I hate to put that responsibility on the school um, because some things we do need to learn for ourselves. Sure. We do need to take the initiative and mm. take an interest in these things. But, I mean, we were paying a ridiculous amount to go to that school. Yeah. And you would think that that's one of the things we would be taught that's one of the things that they would push for, but unfortunately it wasn't. Not that I remember. Yeah. Maybe someone else had a different experience, and I'd love to hear that. I'd love to see someone who had that experience, but I didn't. And again, I say this again, we went to the same school. Um, <laughs> it's in Stevens. Like, there's nothing wrong with the school, because it's my experience in yeah. We went to the same school, but again, it's crazy. It's the same experience I had. Mm. Right? The same one. And I graduated in 2000. This is like 20 plus years later. Yeah. Now, as a 20-year-old that's just gone through one of the top private schools in the country, ne? I'm a father trying to make a decision of where to send my kids to school, what kind of education. So the debate is private schools, right? Single-sex schools. Uh, I've got two sons, so obviously it'll be boys' schools. But parents are debating, thinking about this. Mm. What do you think is the value of sending your kid to a private school? Uh, there is value. I mean, okay. you, you know, know I'm saying someone who's trying to make the decision, right? Oh. So the other fathers are listening. They, they probably, some of them, a lot of them actually are in the same boat. Mm. In your experience, what would you say the value is? Connections, man. Um, you know, uh, maybe the way I was talking earlier mm. about like how they are like, things that we are missing in, yeah. in these schools may make someone think that, you know, I don't like saints or whatnot. That's not the case at all. It's just... No, let's critique. make it clear. We, I love saints. Me too. Right? We yeah. love saints. Yeah. That's our school. That's where we went Yes, to, yes. Right? We're breaking down our experiences about the school. Good and bad. Yes. So that must be clear. Absolutely. Shall. Yeah. So the one thing that I did appreciate is connections, man, because we met through saints, mm. you know? Mm. Um, a lot of people that have had great influence in my life are from saints. Um, the OSA as well, uh, they, they've helped a lot of my friends who have recently uh, matriculated. 
they've helped them get jobs at Saints, you okay. know, make some extra money, get experience, you know. So I think the one thing that I value the most is connections. Because even when I went to Cape Town, um, yeah, of course, I had a bad experience because of my choice in degree. I wasn't mm. happy at all. But the people that I had there that supported me were my friends from Saints. Okay. You know, mm. um, people that didn't even go to UCT. Some went to AFTA. Some went to um, Varsity College, you know. But the fact that they were there and they were present is something that I appreciate. So connections, 100%. If you want your, your son or your daughter to, to be set for life, I do say for life. Yeah. Um, then yeah, I have them go to Saints, man. The connections that you you will get there are extraordinary. I I promise that that is your money's worth. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Now, as I'm speaking to Andile, I get the sense that he is a little bit confused. Although I think he has an idea of what he wants to do with his life, but he can't really articulate it. And I was wondering then, like. When do kids start forming the identity of who they are and what they want to do with their lives? So I was very fortunate that I, I knew from a very young age what I wanted to do. So this thing that I'm doing with the podcast and everything else is not a mistake. It's things that I've always wanted to do. I mean, I was accepted at after, I think, about grade 11. And then in grade 12, I had a very clear idea that I do want to go to after to make movies. But where Andil and I connect is that I got to after. And I had come from this bubble at a private school. I was at boarding and basically everything, all my needs were taken care of, right? Everything I needed, food, bedding, clothes, they were just literally handed to you. But also it was a very different environment. I get to after, it's this arty school, everything is different. And I hadn't been in that kind of world before. And to be honest, I didn't know just how to manage it. So very dissimilar to Andile, the thing that I thought I wanted to do with my life, which was make movies came as a shock you know that this is what it looks like this is what you're going to have to do but i don't think i was equipped to move from that kind of environment and immediately into university because as a young kid i was mostly sort of like on my own um i didn't have a dad or anybody i could talk to to say yo these are my challenges this is what i'm thinking this is what i'm going through so just like andile i dropped out within the first term and I then went to UJ because in my head, I thought that UJ is closer to a, a, a school would be like because there's, there's, there's different people studying different things. But to be honest, also part of what I wanted to do with my life was to understand different things. So after it's very focused on what you want to do. So if you want to be a director, you can be a director. And I wanted a more inclusive degree, which I could learn marketing, communication and so forth. But what I'm trying to explain is Andile and I are, are very similar and we've walked <laughs> similar paths. That's why I think that me being his mentor can be very helpful to him, but he can also be helpful to me. In any case, I brought in my wife Utessa and she works with young people a lot. She runs camps. She has this initiative called Youth Nations and there's a blog, there's a website, there are resources that, that young people can refer to if they need help, if they need guidance. But she understands this world a bit better. So I brought her in to explain a few things. And we started a conversation about why she started uh, Youth Nations and what it means. My name is Romola Tessa Bule. I am a behavioral specialist. And I started Youth Nations in order to equip young people the necessary emotional development skills so they don't spend their 20s getting over their teens and all the mistakes that they made. Youth Nations is, at best, my favorite passion project. However, it really is a program for preteens and teenagers and young adults to learn about themselves, learn about their bodies, learn about the environment and create a sense of self and identity. Children are born with an idea of who they think they are. Um, one's identity is pretty much 
I'd say it's implanted in infancy. It is then explored and defined during early childhood development and it's quite solid by age 7 8 9 who they are and then they get into the preteen phase where the person they think that they are is now up against a wider scope of society um you finish primary school you get into high school you are allowed more freedoms you have more responsibility and now your sense of self is pitted against what the world thinks you are or what the world tells you you are. But by the time you reach 14, 15, 16, it's pretty much embedded. It's there. And the older you get, either you reinforce those ideas or you completely negate those ideas and you spend <laughs> pretty much your prime adult years doing that swing back and forth back and forth back and forth and then you hit like 40 45 and people say you have a midlife crisis but that's when you wake up and realize that you actually you had this unlock at 16 and it just doesn't matter anymore children are amazing magical people who already have established who they are quite early and if you're raised in a supportive loving or even not supportive and lack of love environment. There is always this exchange of relationships and affection that if I do this, then they will do that. You know, if I'm a good boy, whatever that means, or I'm a good child, or I'm a good son, or I'm a good daughter, I need to behave in a particular manner so I can receive praise, love, attention, affection from my parents or my family or society or my friends in a particular manner. So you start you start to engage into this really weird dance that doesn't really exist. However, when you have a very strong sense of self and identity, you realize that your life ultimately is in your own control. And you must sleep with the burden of your responsibilities and your decisions each night. So when you're 18, everybody thinks 18-year-olds don't have responsibilities. <laughs> and it's probably the most hectic time of one's life. Like when you're 15, 16, 17, 18, the world is asking you consistently, who do you want to become? What do you want to study? You know, in order to be successful or to have money, you need to do very specific type of jobs guys it's 2022 we have influencers who have bank money and they have no official degree in anything you know we have um for example like the kardashians it's a lot of hard work to keep up a show for that many seasons they make a lot of money but none of them needed to have an official degree to do it so defining a child's future success on finances is not the best way to go about it. And the youth at this point in time have more at their arsenal to change society, to create an income, to push for their dreams than we ever had. And we had a lot of options. We had more options than our parents. So I'm all supportive of what kids should do and they should be allowed to do what they want to do however you also need to know your child if your child has spent six years not applying themselves to anything not achieving anything personally not pushing their boundaries if they haven't explored failure and success earlier their decision making with their career needs guidance and advice you know and we all know this, especially my generations, like if you're born in the 80s and stuff. 80% of my first year counterparts failed. We all went to school, registered, we're all excited. They took courses. They thought that that's what they wanted to do. 80% failed. Second year became first year. They changed their discipline. Five, six years later, people have four different degrees in very four specific areas that have nothing to do with each other. 
And that's what life is. I mean, you'll be an accountant and wake up one day, you decide, actually, you're a creative. You want to make movies. But you started accounting because it was going to give you money and stability, and it made your parents happy. When I was at university, I also got that sense that a lot of people, I guess even to this day, studied and did things just to make their parents happy. Or they just have no idea, man. Like a lot of people struggle with the idea of who they are, what they want to do. And part of this podcast then is how can we get young people to develop that sense of self from a very, very early age. So that at least by the time they need to make decisions, they are equipped, they have the tools. Decisions can go either way, can't control the outcome. But the least we can do is equip them. Now, that we understand a bit about you and your schooling and so forth, I want to get into Youth Month. Ne? Okay, yeah. Um, in your final year, I think, is it metric or grade 11? Ne? Metric. Um, yeah. What was your, you used to do something around, was it culture? What was your title and what oh, were your responsibilities? Diversity and transformation. Yeah, what does that mean? So, um, it's basically uh, inter school relations, right? Okay. Uh, so. By the way, everything to do with diversity, even in business nowadays, goes to a black person. Why right. is that? <laughs> right. And nowadays, I got it, but it's a black person, generally a woman, if the title has diversity in it. Exactly. Uh, last year, it was, a, it was a black guy, and he's gay. Yeah. No, so they have to they know had that to. You, you tick all the boxes there. <laughs> they right? had to. Yeah, they had to. Okay, but cool. Yeah. So... Um, part of your duties, ne, I guess, in diversity, whatever, is to lead the different conversations. Absolutely. And challenge the school to, to rethink its positioning, mm. particularly in society and where it stands. Yes. And you penned a piece a while ago. So I just, uh, I just went back to the school's Instagram page um, for Youth Day, June 16th. Yes. So I'm going to start with the quote. It's a quote that you quoted. Mm-hmm. And you said, Youth Day, what it should mean to the youth today. Yes. You quoted uh, Ellen Bennett. He says, there's no better way of forgetting something than by commemorating it. Yes. What do you mean by that? Why did you pick that quote? So, um, basically, I was trying to find inspiration to, to, to write that piece. Uh, I can't just wake up and be like, let me write something. Yeah. You know, I had to draw it from somewhere. And, yeah, I came across that quote. And basically, what it means is that... Um, we idolize Youth Day, um, Youth Month, actually. And what he's saying there is basically by idolizing it for that one day or for that one month, we forget about it for the rest of the year. Mm. For the rest of the year, we're not thinking about the youth. We're not thinking about um, how to, you know, equip the youth for, for real life, mm. for, for adulting, for making difficult decisions from having difficult conversations we forget about all that until june comes along mm. all of a sudden now we want to focus on the youth and whatnot and it's the same with every other holiday or any other commemoration right yeah. you 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 celebrate it for that one day then you go about the rest of the year just yeah. forgetting about it so that's where that came from now, as, as, as a 20-year-old in, in South Africa today, what do you, and again, this is general, what's your opinion of modern-day South Africa? Mm. Modern-day South Africa. I know Africa. it's a broad question. So broad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> very overview, broad. Overview. We'll get into details just now. Um, um, I think I'm not happy with youth unemployment. And I, I hate to sound entitled, mm. but unemployment in general is just, it's just a huge problem in, in our country, right? Um, I mean, you can see it here in Soweto. I mean, people um, just linger about all day. There's barely any opportunities, you know? Mm. Um, when I was going in, in school, I was told that it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And it, it always feels like the people that have the most opportunities afforded to them in this country are people that know someone. Yeah. You know? Is that what, what it feels like? Yeah. Why is that? Why, why do you think that is? Why, um, saying, why do you see it that way? Because, uh, because of 
the way things operate in this in this modern day society, even for me, mm. I'm fortunate enough to come from a school like Saints. Mm. I have the OSA, I have people that I know. So if I wanted to get my foot in the door, mm. I could. Yeah. But I can't say the same for some of them, some of my friends that grew up here. Because mm. they don't have those connections. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have those connections. Um and so I think it will be a lot more difficult for them to find those opportunities. And yeah, you're asking why I see it that way? Because it just is, man. <laughs> it just is. You think so? I, I believe so. I mean, I'm open to, to, to anyone that can prove me wrong. Yeah. You know, show me the facts and be like, no, you are lying. Yeah. But I, I believe that is the way it is. So is that, are you saying that is that government level, uh, corporate, or just everywhere? Everywhere, man. Yeah. Everywhere. It's crazy, though, because, um, I mean, part of you is not wrong, you know, but a lot of you is wrong, but part of you isn't wrong mm. because it is so widely reported, obviously, and in very key positions, particularly in the public sector. Mm. It's very clear and evident of such, you know, but it's also because just how the countries run, um, just reflect and just who we are as a, as a people, and a lot of it I agree with you. It's just it's garbage. It's nonsense. Just how things yeah. are and how they've been set up. So you spoke about unemployment, right? Um, and it's another thing that's also reported upon. I mean, the the uh, quarterly labor stats just came out now. It's always like what thirty four percent unemployment. They always talk about that. Yeah. Do you think that it's the government's job to find you a job? Or young people? Not necessarily. I mean, if you do depend on the government to get that sort of stuff done for you, then I think that you won't go very far in life. Mm. Like I said, like we shouldn't be entitled, right? But I do think that they have a role in providing opportunities. Yeah. Um, I say the private sector as well. Um, the private sector is key in that, I believe. Um, you know, just to give people experience, mm. even if it's an internship program that you, you're doing in your country, developing in your, in your company, yeah. just, just, just to help out, just to make someone else's CV look appealing at least. Yeah. Yeah, Do well. you think personally you have a role to play in that? Absolutely. I feel like part of it is that we need to be proactive as well. And again, um, I'm speaking from my experience. Yeah. So we need to be proactive in the sense that we need to actually get out there and apply to as many positions as we can, use our connections, people that we know, um, Anything that you hear of, share with your friends. Maybe someone else might be interested in something that you've seen. So I think that personally we do play a role in that. Yeah. In the sense that we need to be proactive about it. Don't just sit at home, apply for one thing and then be like, no, there's no opportunities in this country. Yeah. When you are sitting and just applying for one thing. Yeah. You know? Well, I'll put it back to you then. I'll rephrase it. I'll put it a different way. I think you, your generation, right? If there's a lack of something, and particularly because you've had, we've had the opportunity to have education that the majority of the population will never ever access, mm. then we should be the ones creating those opportunities, mm. right? Because it's evident, it's very clear that the government is not gonna do it. But you're right in the sense that their role is to actually just ensure that there is a foundation to be able to operate in. So simple things need to work. Mm. You understand? Healthcare. Like we're here at your grandmother's house and I hear that electricity has been out since Tuesday, right? Yeah, yeah, Saturday yeah. today. Yeah. We've been having rolling blackouts. It's back to load shedding again. Mm. And it's winter in the country, right? So it's a problem. People are cold. ESCOM has not been working for a minute. And these are basics, right? Very basic. Make sure electricity runs. I'm sitting here by your street... I don't know how long switch. that water's been yeah. running. The sewage has been off, right? Yeah. But this is normal. If I go to my mother's house up the road, it's normal, particularly in townships and so forth. Absolutely. So that's their role, 
right, at municipal level, at, 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 at government level, at national level, provincial, healthcare, electricity, there's an basics. environment for business. Those are the basics. Yeah. I will agree with you that if the basics are unsorted, it's even difficult, bro. You know, like if the sewage running, why would a young person be like, okay, sharp, I need to do something. Mm. Yeah, well, it makes the environment just difficult and it just makes whatever problems we have worse. Absolutely. So I'm saying we all have to find our own place and niche in the world mm. where we can be like, okay, cool, here I can contribute. You see? So my whole thing is with the podcast, at least then let's have important conversations. Absolutely. Let's then action the right things from those conversations. Some other people are really good at protesting, right? Some people can get in the streets and do that. We need that. Some people are good at um, lobbying and getting into the political sphere. Mm. Right? I can't stand like political meetings, but some people are built like that. Yeah. You know, they can do that. Yeah. So at that level, they're able to do that. Some people can do it in corporate. Some people do it as part of NGOs and so forth. So collectively, I think it's possible. You know, yeah. And I, I really want to have a positive, not positive, but I think things can be sorted if collectively we actually action stuff. Mm. You know, because I think you can fix the stuff because the government is the people, right? It is. But that's a different conversation because I have issues with the idea of government itself, yeah. not just who's in government, but the idea that we've allowed a group of people to make decisions for us. The whole country. Worlds. Right, and it's evident. Yeah, they can't do it effectively. No, not at all. So, what do you think then? Are other, 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 other things that, besides unemployment, that are facing young people that urgently need to be addressed. Uh, there's a lot, man. Um, gender-based violence is something that I've seen a lot of as well. Yeah, like girls my age afraid to. You know, do basic things like walk around their neighborhood, mm. catch an Uber at night, get home safely. Think um, it's a very scary time for 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 women in this country. Mm. Um, and also, I like the fact that um, this podcast is for like fathers and whatnot mm. because a lot of my friends that I've seen don't have good role models, good father figures mm. in their lives. And um, I think those are like some of the things that could shape young men into making like better decisions, yeah. being better people in life. Uh, I mean, you could argue that fathers are not needed in a household, but I don't think so. I think that it's yeah. nice to have a, a male figure that can show you how to navigate this life thing, how to make women feel safe and comfortable mm. around you. And I think it's just, it's just a shame, man, that, uh, you know, girls have to send their live location whenever they're in an Uber because yeah. they, they're afraid, man. They're afraid. And, and what, what conversations are you guys having around that? Like when you talk to, to your mates, do they feel the same? Um, are, they, are they aware? Because, I mean, I've been in the same environment as you. Mm. And some of the things when I was being complicit, just even in the language, at that time, I didn't know. Right? Yeah. It was normal. So, did you, did you guys got into situations, particularly when things are heightened, right? Things are heightened generally, unfortunately, when, when there's a woman that gets killed yeah. or abused and it's in the newspapers, right? Mm. What conversations are you guys having collectively, just not without teachers or anything, just as a machi, Tanji? I mean, I have my people, right? Mm. Uh, but different people approach it differently. So I have people that I can talk to about it and engage them properly, you know, um, talk about what we can do, like small things that we can do to make, feel, make women feel more comfortable around us mm. uh, whenever they're in our space and whatnot. But there's just some guys that don't care. Yeah, because it's not their problem. If I'm not a woman, what's the issue? If mm. I'm not gonna get raped, or if I don't know someone who's ever been raped, or faced any sort of sexual assault or abuse in general, they just don't care. Mm. You know, um, it's just certain things. If if they don't affect you directly, or if they don't affect someone that you know directly, yeah. yeah. They just don't care about it. It's not like they don't know. It's not ignorance. Yeah. Because they know what's happening. They just 
don't care because it doesn't affect them. Yeah, because the problem is not right there, right? Because yeah. it's not your sister. It's not there. Because that, that will be different. Mm. These are the same people that will go out of your way to go protect their sister if it was absolutely, directly there. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Mm. If, if it was close to home, they would, yeah, you know, they would be doing whatever was in their power to, to, to stop it from ever happening again. But just because it's someone that you saw on the news mm. or you saw on Instagram, we are very desensitized because it's in the media. Yeah. It's far away from you, okay. you know. So why should I care is the mentality they have. Okay, wow. So the other thing then is that that's also in the media reported a lot is that men are complicit, right? Men are the problem um, because of how we talk amongst the men mm. who are toxic. There's a term called toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that a lot in my trip, dog. What's your take on that? I think it's there. It's yeah. it's a real thing, man. Uh, especially in the spaces that we find ourselves in. Like, in my personal experience, it mm. was in an old boys school, dog. Yeah. Yo, the way those <laughs> guys about talked it. about girls, like it, they they talked about women like they were objects. You know what I'm mm. saying? Um, dog, do you see me grip that grip that hand, mm. grip that hand, and and things like that? You know what I'm saying? It was just. It was a toxic environment, also because there were no women around in our spaces. The only women we saw were our teachers. Yeah. So whenever we are around girls, basically our job is to mack on them. Yeah. And make sure that you pulled two, three hands yeah. that, that day. You know what I'm saying? Do, do you think if, if we, we had girls in our classroom or just it was a co-ed school, things would be different? Things would be a little bit different, yeah. you know. Um, I'm not saying that they would be better and all our issues would be solved, but at least then we'd know how to interact with women. We'd know yeah. what it's like to have women in our space. Now the only time we saw women was when we go out. <laughs> and you know you have to go out and pull three girls yeah. that weekend so you can come back and Sunday at dinner and tell, tell the gents, hey, to this weekend, yeah. you know, because the whole week down, uh, uh, yeah, it's nothing. You see what, what, what so, I'm saying? Sorry, just like, so was it still this? Because I remember, like, back in high school, if you're going to a social, right, or something like that, or house mm. party, whatever it is that's going to include women, girls, it's a thing, right? Um, and particularly if you're going to social, like at a girl's school, like it's, I don't know if you guys still have socials or whatever. So is it still like that? Or was it like that when you were there? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely it is. And it's just, it's ingrained in our culture, mm. you know. Uh, it's, it's something that we're taught from grade 8. So in grade 8, we had a social for us to just be acquainted with the other grade 8 girls. Okay. So it was us grade 8 boys meeting with the grade 8 girls for the first time, right? Mm. And the first thing our matrix told us, is you must go there and get 10 phone numbers. <laughs> really? Yeah, 10 phone numbers or else... In the social? Yeah. The first one? Yeah, or oh, else one. there'll be punishments, like you'll do push-ups or some, some random punishment. It starts there. It starts from when we are, when we are young. And then in matric, there's, there's what we call a ladder challenge, okay. right? The ladder challenge is you get with... A matric girl, a grade 11 girl, a grade 10 girl, grade 9 girl, grade Are you allowed girl. to reveal these things? I don't know if I am, bro, but... <laughs> okay. um, what, what is that letter? But what, what do you mean? How far? Like, what do you have to do? You have you to... you say get with? Get with... Uh, I just mean, I could even be like a, a kiss. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah as yeah. long as there's some sort of intimacy. Okay. Or something that you can account yeah, for. something that you can account for. Wow. And it's just... Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with some of those things, but they were like they were ingrained, yeah, in in the culture. Okay, I don't know any of those things, so I'm I'm thinking now that you mention it, like in grade eight, um, I'm thinking about myself when I go to Saints, right? Mm. I was a chubby kid, I could barely speak English. Mm. It's a new environment, young tall, like. Now, now it's, it's that you've been pitted against other other young men now. Yeah. To try to win mm. something that involves women. Exactly. It's it seems like a competition. It now. is a competition because yeah. you have to, right? But also you're going to get rejected. 
of course. And that's going to now imprint something in how you relate to women going into the future. Like, that thing is a problem. It is. And you get punished if you don't get it. Because women yeah. should be giving you the number because they want to. Exactly. Not because there's some dumb fucking challenge. Of course. And then they'll, they'll compare you to, to, to your other mates in the house. They'll of course. like, this guy got 15 numbers. You, you could barely get five. What, what is your problem? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then now you start... You start Starting yourself yeah, yeah, and yeah, what yeah. now? It's self-esteem. So it's issues. all these, it's all these things now. That's it's all these little things. Yeah, you know. And you grow up with them as you go along. Oh, so your problems are the same, are the same as our, but different now. Yeah. And in 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 high school specifically, or people your age, um, another thing that's been reported on a lot is mental health, particularly around mm, men mm, or young men. Yeah. Is it something that you were acutely aware of? And do you think then these sort of things, right? Because there's pressure. It's not just girls, right? There's pressure to look good. There's pressure to perform yeah. on the field. There's pressure to choose a sport. There's pressure to do this, do that. And this is all just within your guys' environment. Mm. Do you think then these are like conditions for mental problems and confidence and so forth? Absolutely, man. Um, there's just... It's just an unspoken culture, uh, especially in boys' schools, you know, hmm. um, even in the boarding house, right? So, I don't know. I think you probably did experience it, but like the abuse in the boarding house, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was quite bad. No, I was proper abuse. And then there's yeah, the yeah, snitch yeah. culture as well. Oh, right? there's a the snitch culture now. Yeah. So if you if you're a snitch, now yeah. everyone hates you, yeah. right? If you speak out about the things that are happening, you know, you are isolated completely from everyone from all your friends and we also like this thing is ingrained into us like mm. i said it's ingrained into the, the 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 culture so i had a friend right we were all abused like, mm. in the boarding house but i had a friend who spoke out and told his mother what's happening right told teachers what's happening so before because remember also now let's be clear when you're saying abuse what kind of abuse are you talking oh about? i'm talking about the seniors coming into our rooms late at night and then just so mental, physical. Physical, yeah. yeah. Physical abuse. Obviously, there's the emotional abuse as well, where they tell you that, like, there's a hierarchy and you are nothing at the moment. You're in grade eight, you are nothing. We'll send you around. You just, you know, that's yeah. all you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah, as soon as you speak out and then they find out, everyone isolates you, mm. right? Even us. His friends, we were like his friends, his closest friends. Even us, we started to look at him differently. Yeah. Like, so you're saying this guy, what grade was he in at that time? Grade eight. We were all in grade oh, eight. Oh, he went to his, to yeah. tell his mom. So yeah. this is about the, is it about the dance or the initiation? Just the initiations, the, the, uh, them beating us up and whatnot. That's, that's when he spoke out. He's yeah. like, yo, can't deal with this. This blows my mind. Right? You know why? Because I remember also in grade eight, um, I think this kid's name was Barrett or something. Sensitive kid. Mm. Same thing. Now, our initiation was not going to get numbers. It was running. It was being beaten because corporal punishment was still there mm. when I started, right? So, I absolutely hated Sinstidians when I got there in Standard 6. In fact, I think I, I hated it all throughout my career there. He did the same thing. Mm. Um, he never came back. I don't think he lasted the year. But what, I, what was blowing my mind again... This is the same shit that happened 22 years ago. Yeah. Like exactly the same shit. It's just different scenarios. Are we regressing as a people? Like, so if, yeah. if you're sitting here, you are 20 years old. I'm 39 years old. But our experiences are almost same. identical. Yeah. No, I mean, we tried to change it um, mm. when we got to metric. Okay. So we didn't, we didn't beat our, our juniors or anything like that. Um, because we knew what it was like. Like, you're... It got to the point where we despised our time in the boarding house and mm. we didn't want anyone to ever feel like that again. Okay. So I don't know if maybe things have gone back to the way they were since we've left or whatnot, but I can say when we were in matric, we, we didn't do those things. Obviously, there's still the little things like seniors can send grade eights or nines and be like, go get my bag, go yeah, get yeah, me yeah. juice. Those things, I think, are a part of the culture. And some of those things will never change. But the abuse, I can say that we tried to mm. do our little bit to, to, to change it. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad that you guys um actively try to change it. And I suppose you're in metric now, right? So you also have a bit more leverage and power to mm. do that. So you mm. won't really be ostracized. Plus also you're head of diversity so yeah. like it's kind of like your job. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was. Okay. Um yeah man, wow, that's so that's so interesting. Ne? It really does boggle my mind. I think you can hear in the episode I can't get over the similarities in experience between Andile and I particularly in high school it's like it's almost as if nothing has changed but then again we haven't evolved much as a species right so our decisions are still based primarily on survival and fear and these things that we bring from our past experiences things that have hurt us our fears we pass on to younger generations so i brought Tessa back and i just want her to give us parents that are listening to this podcast the top 3 things that parents can action today particularly if they've got young children that can help their kids in future so top 3 tools hacks because that's what we're about here's Tessa from a parenting point of view there are three very well there's a lot but there's three key things that parents need to be cognizant of and participate in the raising and education of your child teach your children physiology like proper biology like what is going on with your body the hormones the growth the swing emotional mood swings we've all heard about people who complain about teenagers and what not but what you see in a teenager is what you're paying attention to because now he's your size but that starts quite early the emotional and hormonal swing back and forth starts like at 6 7 we all still think it's cute it grows at 8 9 and people are like oh she's cheeky or she's what what and then by the time you're a teenager about what you know you're out of hand but it's the same thing and if you don't understand the physiological development and how it affects your child's growth it impacts on who they think they are and what is going on with them because they don't know either and no one's telling them that what they're feeling is normal. You'll be very happy today and tomorrow you want to break everything. Physiology. That needs to be taught to kids a lot at home because it's not happening at school anymore. The second thing is how that impacts your emotions. You know, a lot of adults don't know how to manage their own emotions. And they I don't see how they could be helping manage their children's emotions. because emotions are passing and they're fleeting. It's not a consistent definition of who somebody is. You can go through 10 emotions in one day and all of them are true. Now, it's worse when they're influenced by your hormones and your changes. So teach kids the right things about emotions. Emotions are guides. You're feeling some type of way right now because something in your head has given you a sense of right and wrong good or bad about a particular situation and your feelings are alerting you to focus on that to see if that actually works or it doesn't work so emotional intelligence training and education is key and the third and i think the most important is responsibility children need to learn responsibility as soon as possible they when they're young they need to learn how to make their beds get dressed go to the bathroom brush their teeth comb their hair and how to put on the clothes and i'm i'm speaking 2 3 4 5 5 that young don't dress your kids they're responsible for the toys they play with when they finished they must put them away and as they grow and show interest like now my sons want to learn about cooking so it's my responsibility to teach them how to do so safely and as they grow you pile on the responsibility then you won't have adults you have problems within their 20s people are responsible for their lives their actions and the outcome of those actions and that training starts very early but it's never too late to actually begin it once you realize that oh I pretty much gave my kid a free ride. 
those are the top three things for me. It needs to be noted that all parents really want to know that once their child leaves home, they will be able to take care of themselves. They will look after themselves and be able to make a life for themselves. It is at each parent's fundamental value. You know, they work very hard for such things. The reality is the only way you know that your child will be able to look after themselves is if you raise them that way and you see the signs early. You'll see it in the teenage years. You'll see it in the preteen years. Could it actually, Wanamina can stand on his own. She can make her own decisions. She can take responsibility. So by the time it's, it comes to, ch- to selecting or choosing a career going forward, whatever that child presents to the parent has weight because they've already seen examples of them looking after themselves. Those are the top three things. So we'll upload those on all our social media pages just so that you can refer back to them. I'm going to bring Andila back to close off the episode. I have challenged him to give us father's advice uh, on how to relate to young people, something that he says he's never done before, and to give his peers advice based on his experiences. Now, as a young person, um, speaking to fathers directly now, I think you mentioned it a bit earlier. Mm. Uh, what is your, your your message to fathers right now in relation to their sons specifically? What do they need to be aware of? What they need to be conscious of? How can they be better fathers? I know that you lost your dad when you were young, yeah. seven, you know, but you say you still remember him and he was there. He had a positive impact on you. But just looking at it and you spoke about some of your mates, you can see their fathers are there but not there. So what do we as, as fathers need to be aware of and actually just do better? This feels weird, man, because now I'm giving advice to like 40-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. But I would say just be present. Um, and when I say be present, I don't just mean be there, but like be aware of certain things. Um, talk to your son. Uh, are we talking about like son? Son specifically, Yeah. Yes. Talk to your son. Um, I feel like the one thing that we're taught from a young age is to keep it all inside. Mm. Whatever you're going through, keep it inside. Be a man. You know, just thug it out. But I think that that's not okay, right? With what I was going through in Cape Town, I kept it in. Mm. And had I just spoken out sooner, perhaps a solution could have been found. Yeah. Perhaps there could have been a way for me to, to, to transfer into a different degree while I was still there, you mm. know? Certain solutions that I could have come to if I had just opened up, you know, to father figures in my life like yourself, you know? It, it only takes one phone call, right? But because of the school I went to, you know, the culture and the boarding house and everything you just have to be tough Mm. you have to be a man and you know you mustn't speak about how you're feeling any emotions and i feel like we need to break down those walls so for fathers listening i feel that you just need to be present take some time to 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 really talk to your son yeah like a lot of the conversations that we have at home are very surface level right because we live with each other we don't Mm. feel the need to actually have a conversation so we'll wake up and be like hi how are you good and you are you hungry did you sleep well things that matter but don't really matter you know ask him how's it going at school Mm. ask him if there's any issues ask him about girls in his life you know small things that creates that 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 bridge that i can talk to my dad anytime that i need to anytime that i have a problem Mm. you know don't make that the mother's job to to speak about all things emotional, you yeah. know, all things that have nothing to do with sports and mainstream things that we talk about that don't really matter. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And did you, 
no, when you were there in school, did you did you see that? Like, was it is it, is it still even with I'm with modern day fathers and by modern day I just mean like my age mm. that fathers were more interested in just like maybe just the sports side of things and mothers were still the ones doing the pickup the school runs the cooking what what absolutely so like you said my my father passed out at a at a young age and I always viewed him as my hero mm-hmm. right so I had a certain standard for how that should be and I assumed wrongly that every father is that for their son. Mm. But as we grow older and we start to see these things, we start, you know, seeing life for what it is, I realized a lot of my friends don't have fathers who are present, you know, fathers that actually provide and care for them, like in the most basic ways i mean when i say provide i don't mean money yeah yeah. just be there yeah i really mean just being present and listening to your son a lot of my my friends don't even have good relationships with their fathers now really yeah i think that's that's just the main thing that i've seen with my friends it's just their fathers are not present man and it's it's quite sad to see sure okay and then yeah in closing yeah uh, now, now you're a 20 year old, so you're mm. Now you're speaking to young people, okay. your age and younger. What's your message for them? Um, based on my experience and what I've just gone through, mm. I just want to tell you that it's okay to restart, uh, to start again as many times as you need to. Um, start over we are young we have the time to do that you know um some people are in their 40s in their late 30s maybe i'm not throwing any shade here but <laughs> perhaps they feel stuck in in whatever situation oh no there's, there's there's a ton of them you see um you know they have to provide so they they can't quit their job and they can't you know, they don't have as much space to, to try as many things and see what, what their interests are, what could make them happiest in life. And we have that opportunity. The reason I was able to be like, okay, let me take a step back and, you know, evaluate everything before I come back is because I'm young. I made this decision early this year, before I had even turned 20, mm. still 19. But I'm thinking that I have the rest of my life even if I get my my qualifications, my degree, whatever, at 28, 29, that's okay. As long as I figure I figured it, it out and then I get it right for myself. Do it for yourself, not your family, not whoever else has expectations for you. Do it for yourself. It's awesome, man. It's a great place to end. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me once again, man. Cool, brother. I appreciate your time, Oz, and I appreciate your insight. Thank you. Sure. Thank you for streaming and listening to episode one, season three of The Timer's Playbook. Thank you to my guest, Uandile Shabalala. Thank you to Ute Sapule for her contribution. That is my wife. Our signed designer, Kinati Ngubeni. Thank you to him also for putting everything together. Again, I will see you on the next episode. Really appreciate your support. Sharp. That was the Timer's Playbook. Thank you for listening. See you on the next episode. Shop.